Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Film with CJ. My name is CJ, my pronouns are they, them. I am fresh off of just having seen Dune. Do we think this movie was worth a two-year wait? I don't know. I really don't know. Let's talk about it. So this movie was obviously very high budget. There were a lot of really recognizable faces and actors in the movie. Timothy Chalamet, Zendaya, Jason Momoa, Oscar Isaac, who've played very big roles in their other movies. And I think there were a lot of like really cool production and CGI things that elevated a movie like this. And you kind of have to with dystopian futuristic sci-fi movies like you just like you need really cool special effects because there's so many different names and terms and things that are outside of our reality that if we can't see what you're talking about and make us believe that it's real the movie's gonna fall flat for this movie i'm just gonna do a high level synopsis because with these kinds of movies with weird terms and names and things, it's really hard to give a, a very robust and full synopsis and have people actually get it um, because just, again, so many things are like outside of our current reality. So I'm going to give a high-level synopsis, and you'll just need to see the movie if you haven't seen it already to kind of understand all the details of it. But main character Paul who is a part of a royal family that controls a world in the universe. His father is kind of the king of this royal family, and then his mom is not a common woman, but she's not royalty. His mom is a part of a society called the Bene Gesserit, who are kind of like us. They're not secret again, but like they're they're a very exclusive ring of women that possess kind of their own powers in and of themselves. And Paul is kind of the assumed to be heir of this kingdom should anything happen to his dad. The movie starts off with us going into the background of this planet called Arrakis. And Arrakis is home to brown people. Like the natives there are all brown. And they their planet is rich with a natural resource called spice. Like when I heard when I was watching this movie and I was like spice, I thought they meant like cinnamon, like some shit like that. But no, spice on this planet is a radioactive or not radioactive a psychoactive um like dust particle that humans have been able to harvest into a means for interstellar travel you know how sometimes in sci-fi movies there are just some things that they tell you and you just got to roll with. So roll with me here using this thing called spice for interstellar travel. And because Arrakis is full of this particle called spice, 
they have been subject to colonialization for centuries. And their last colonizer was the Hanekens. And the Hanekens are monsters. They are very brutal. They have no mercy, no humanity. And they've conquered Arrakis and taken control of the spice fields for the last 80 years. And with no regard for the indigenous or native people there. All of a sudden, the Hanekens leave Arrakis and offer the, pa- the planet of Arrakis to Paul's family. At this point, we're suspicious as fuck, right? Like, why would you give up the thing that's making you the most money to a rival kingdom that you hate? Right. So like immediately we're like, okay, here's where the conflict is going to start, because obviously there's a there's a ulterior motive and this is not just a gift. Paul's family's kingdom is called the House of Atreides. So the kind of the the first really major scene is we see the the Hanukkah emperor has sent someone to the House of Atreides and they are basically reading a scroll that says, hey, we're going to offer you the planet of Arrakis for yourself to make money off of however you want. Do you accept? And the House of Atreides is like, hell yeah, we accept. So they kind of like spend the next few scenes of the movie kind of preparing. Um, Basically like, okay, What's our strategy here? Like, how are we going to make money off of this planet? When are we going to go? We have to send out troops to kind of scope the planet out. We have to prepare all these things. Like, what political danger could we be in by being there? Kind of all these things, right? Meanwhile, Paul is having these reoccurring dreams of a native Arrakis woman. And the native people on Arrakis are called Fremens. And so he's having reoccurring dreams about being on Arrakis, about this Fremen woman who is Zendaya, played by Zendaya. And he's trying to understand what it means. He's always been having these visions of like, you know, seeing his own death, seeing people that he knows in the house of Atreides dying on Arrakis. And he's trying to figure out what it means. So Paul's like, okay, the only way I'm going to figure out what these dreams mean and potentially meet this Fremen woman that I keep seeing in my dreams is if I go to the planet Arrakis. So when his entire family goes to Arrakis, he's, he's, I would say, like, cautiously optimistic about what he will find. He's, you know, kind of excited to be there. His family is visited by a native Fremen, and Paul and his family really want to kind of kind of get a, get along with the Fremens. They don't want any conflict with the Fremens. They kind of just want to leave them alone and cultivate the spice and sell the spice for money um, and just let the Fremens do their own thing. This is obviously a different approach than what the Hanekins were doing on planet Arrakis. So the Fremens are kind of you know, again, not embracing them with open arms, but are kind of surprised that all they want is spice. Shortly after the House of Atreides arrives on planet Arrakis, a war breaks out. The Hanukkah ambush the House of Atreides and start killing people. 
We then find out that the Hanneken only gave the House of Atreides planet Arrakis because they wanted to kill them off. Planet Arrakis has insane sandstorms, so their communication systems are very hard to set up. And so basically the Hanneken ambushed them so that they could die in silence on planet Arrakis. Throughout all this chaos, the king of House of Atreides is kidnapped, and he's kidnapped by the doctor to the royal family of the House of Atreides, so someone he knows well, right? And so the reason the doctor does this is because the Hanneken have the doctor's wife and are presumably torturing her. The only way for the Hanneken to release her is if he kidnaps the doctor and brings him to the Hanneken, and also if he takes down the comm systems on planet Arrakis. So like I said before, like once the comm systems are down, it takes a lot of work to set them back up. So that was a very important part of the ambush by the Hanneken. The doctor is not 100% a traitor, though, because he tells the king before he kidnaps him that I'm going to replace one of your teeth. If you bite down hard enough on this tooth, the air will fill with poisonous gas. And so it will be your last breath, but if you plan it right, it will also be the emperor of the Hanneken's last death, last breath as well. Now, kind of going back to the planet Arrakis, the native people on Arrakis have been told a story or a legend by the Bene Gesserit, that exclusive society that Paul's mom is a part of, and they've been told this, this story for years, for a long time, like generations, about a mother and son duo who are going to lead them into making Arrakis a, an oasis, pretty much like bringing water to the planet, bringing prosperity, going to lead them into a new era, pretty much. And they call the sun Lisan al-Gaib. And it means like hidden tongue in Arabic, but in the movie they translate it as I'm pretty sure it's like other world speaker or like outside speaker or something like that. The Bene Gesserit refer to that person or that entity as the one, pretty much like the chosen one, the one that's going to unite our past and future, going to lead us into a new time. Dune is not the first dystopian futuristic movie to use the term the one to describe a white guy, essentially. But in the term, in the realm of the movie, right? Like the one is always someone who's going to bring or lead the people outside of the despair, out of the despair that they're currently in, right? I hope they go into this more in the subsequent movies that come after this one. But for me, it was kind of hard to understand concretely what the one is because in other movies that have used the one like for example the matrix the one in that movie was very clearly like hey we're in we're fucking like plugged in little robot fetuses 
that are being fed a fake reality so that robots can feed off of our energy and like none of this is fucking real and we need someone to like wake us up as a people and deliver us from this despair of like like bondage that we're not even aware of whereas in dune it's like oh you know unite our past and future bring water to the desert like what the fuck does that even mean what does that even mean Paul and his mom managed to escape, you know, the war and pretty much are like in the middle of nowhere in the desert, right? And they are kind of wandering around and they finally find a civilization of Fremen people. Now the Fremen are, they've, you know, grown up in the desert and have adapted to living unseen and protected from the elements but also from colonizers who have been on the planet for you know decades so they live underground primarily in like caverns um and you know there's a lot of them even though the colonizers have really you know never seen a ton of them so paul and his mom finally happen upon a group of fremen and lo and behold there is Shawnee, the woman that Paul has been seeing in his dreams. Zendaya's fine ass is there. They don't really welcome them with open arms, but they don't immediately kill them, and they are kind of resistant to, viol- to violently killing them. One of them, his name is not really relevant, and you'll know why in a second. But one of them is like, ah, like, I don't really want to accept you into the Fremen civilization. Like, I'm like, I have to challenge you to the death. So he challenges Paul's mom. And the leader of the Fremen group is like, you can't challenge a woman, foreigner, to a fight to the death. And so the guy's like, fine, well, then who's going to take her place and fight me? And Paul steps up. Paul pretty much beats this guy's ass and kills him on the spot. And you can tell there's, they kind of like, you know, show like five seconds of his face, like after he's killed that person. And it does, you can see it like does kind of change him. After that happens, the Fremen are like, okay, cool. You're like one of us, a life for a life. Come with us into the desert, into our community. Paul's mom is like, no, like we have to get, we have to get Paul off world. Like you have ships, you have something that will get us off this world. And Paul's like, no, my path is into the desert. Like I've been having all these visions. I know that now I need to see what there is here for me because I know this is where my path leads. And so the movie ends with Paul and his mom kind of following the Fremen people into what we presume to be their civilization. We don't know yet. And the movie ends. Now, clearly, there's going to be more Dune movies after this. But my issue is, we waited two years for this movie. Like, this movie was on hold for two years because of the pandemic and other reasons. But we waited two years. This movie was two and a half hours long. Like, it was, it was a good watch, but it was two and a half hours long. And the fact that there was, like, almost no resolution 
bothered me. There's a fucking war going on. There's, his father is dead. And also, and I should have mentioned this, but also, there's a scene, like a very small scene, maybe like 10 seconds, where there's some kind of like inspectors or someone, but someone went into the room with the House of Atreides after he had bit his tooth and you know, blew out that poisonous gas into the room with the emperor of the Hanukkah and everyone was dead, right? Except they pan up to the ceiling and the house, or no, the emperor of the Hanukkah is like clinging to something on the ceiling and is like coughing his brains out, but, you know, still alive. So the, the emperor is still alive. The poisonous gas did not work. And the, the house of Atreides king just like killed himself and, a bunch of Hanukkah people, but did not fucking finish the job and kill the emperor of the Hanukkah. So now knowing that the Hanukkah are still alive and well, you're staying like Paul is staying on the planet and y'all like you have left, you know, the safety of your, you know, kingdom on Arrakis and you're you're following the Fremen into like their community. And that's it. Like that's the resolution for the first movie that we've waited years for. Y'all couldn't find another way to like bring a little bit more conflict resolution into a two and a half hour movie. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But I felt like we deserved a little bit more. Also, I didn't even mention Jason Momoa's character in my synopsis because to me, I think his character was irrelevant. Like, you know how in like, if any of you have seen Naruto and Naruto Shippuden, like, he's a, he's a Sakura character. Like, if you eliminated his character, the plot would essentially be the same. He, I don't really feel like he added any, anything, but get your check, Jason. In fact, I feel like he kind of detracted from the movie because his writing was very clearly not on par with the other characters. Like, I don't know if there was a random person on the crew or someone else who was, like, not a good writer just wrote Jason's lines because he was corny. And, like, I feel like the rest... Maybe he's just not a good actor, too. But... I felt like he was kind of like out of place with how well everyone else was saying their lines. And I think it was the writing. Maybe it was the writing, but he was just like out out of place for me and kind of detracted from the movie. It pains me to say this, but I do kind of have a critique about Zendaya in the movie. I feel like now that she's the youngest person to ever win an Emmy, like... I don't know if like people are scared to give her notes on how she's delivering her lines. And I probably would too. Like if I was a director, I'd be like, Zendaya, do whatever the fuck you want. Like, I know you're going to crush that shit. I'm going to be silent over here. But I do feel like her being a Fremen woman, like she has this, I think Zendaya just as an actor, 
actor has this way of like saying lines like really nonchalantly and like I feel like sometimes it comes off as like you want to play an, a character that's natural and like these are things that you would naturally say if you were the character but I also feel like it really made her stand out not in a good way from the other characters and the other actors who were playing Fremen people because like the other Fremen people were I don't know how to describe it but like they just seemed like they were native to the planet whereas Zendaya like when she was saying her lines I was like oh this is an American girl who just so happens to be on planet Arrakis like does that make sense like I don't know she just seemed like they picked her up somewhere and like put her on the planet and we're like, okay, you're a Fremen woman. Now say Fremen stuff. Whereas like the other characters who were Fremen people like very much seemed like native people to the land who have lived, you know, on the desert, grown up here and victims of colonization, etc. I love Zendaya though, so I'ma shut up. I really am tired of the white savior complex trope that's so prevalent in sci-fi movies and just Hollywood in general. But for what the movie was, I did enjoy it. I love a good sci-fi movie. I love dystopian movies. And I think like all the CGI with some of the, like the other creatures on planet Arrakis was really cool. And I would give it like, a seven out of ten. I did enjoy the movie and I am looking forward to the following movies that they release. I hope they go into more detail and I'm sure they will. So if you just watch this movie as like knowing it's a setup for subsequent movies to come, then I think you will enjoy it more. And I wish I had known that when I had watched it because I probably would have liked it more but i do i did like it it's just there's obviously going to be movies that come after this because they did not resolve like anything in this movie i tried looking on twitter to see what people are saying about this movie most of it was just people lusting after the actors in the movie which zendaya i 100 percent understand oscar isaac right there with you but a lot of people didn't really have too much to say about the movie yet so I wanted to see what Google Reviews says. You know, normal people giving reviews of the movie, whereas like Rotten Tomatoes is like fucking uppity bougie ass film critics who try to use all these weird ass words to tell you about a movie that can, is, you know, for the regular people. It's not for you, film critics. It's not for you. It's for us. So I want to read what we have to fucking say. Someone said, usually watching movies based on books, I want to cry because the source material has been butchered by an uncaring, money-hungry industry. With Dune, I cried because I was happy. The tech was represented exactly as I imagined it reading the books. The different factions were shown to be alien and terrifying to us, exactly how an advanced civil future civilization would be. The casting, sound design, acting, costumes, sets, everything was done with love and care for detail and it showed. This person said, the definitive IMAX film in all caps. 
Dennis Villeneuve's vision is evident in every frame. Here's a director who can finally realize the ambition of Herbert's epic, which has long been considered unfilmable, a point proven by disappointing and forgettable attempts on both the big and small screens in the past. Wow, I didn't know that. It helps if you've read the books, but it's not essential given how screenwriters making the dense story more accessible. Okay, that's a really good sign. Okay. Dune has intentional parallels to Earth's history of colonialism and the atrocities that have been committed by white men who were only interested in the resources and associated monetary riches. Arrakis represents the Middle East with spice and allegory for oil. Definitely. And I had that written in my notes. Definitely agree. Dune benefits from the fact that Villeneuve understands the scale. The film requires a lot of world building. The first non-action half of Dune is devoted to this, with Villeneuve doing his best to make it interesting as possible. The second half is pure spectacle. The tensions between House of Atreides and House Harkonnen are intensely felt, raising the stakes and underscoring the entire story of the character's decisions. I feel like I have been mispronouncing the Harkonnen this whole time. I think it's Harkonnen. I don't know what I... It's Harkonnen for sure. I don't know what I've been saying this whole time, but y'all know what I meant. I meant to say Harkonnen. Harkonnen. Whatever. Anyways, go see this movie. I really enjoyed it. If you like sci-fi, if you like dystopian, if you like futuristic, like this is your movie. If you've read the books, from what I'm hearing, people really enjoy it still. And I think that that's really hard to do. I, I feel like at least... 60% to 70% of movies that I've seen that have been based on books have not done it justice. And apparently this one has, I haven't read the book, so I don't know, but people are saying that this followed the source material incredibly. So I would definitely recommend you see it. It's definitely one that you need to sit down and invest yourself in. Um, I don't mind doing that, especially for sci-fi films that are good. So, and I would say that this movie was good. I feel like there were just a few things that could have taken it to another level for me, but I will definitely be saying part two or part three. Thank you to all my fellow fucking film heads for listening. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know what you thought of the movie, of the episode. I love talking about this shit, hence the podcast. So lend me your brain and I will talk to all my fellow film heads next Thursday.